You know, while uh, the whole SNC uh, scandal just continues playing out in uh, in our country, China is using it now as a, as a bargaining chip. I, I'd call it blackmail, but it's using it as leverage to uh, to get Canada to back off its extradition of Huawei executive Meng Wanzhou. And we learned, of course, that the uh, two men kidnapped off of China's streets and who have literally been wasting away in captivity following her arrest, well, they're now accused of spying, which in China could get you killed. And now China is starting to put the uh, screws to us over trade. And they have halted shipments of canola oil from a major Canadian supplier. And canola is one of our top experts to China. And there's no, there's zero grounds for them to pull such a stunt. But welcome to the spinoff costs of, you know, playing games with SNC. And now that, you know, they can no longer um, buy Trudeau's point. You know, the Chinese now are going to use this to their advantage and warning that Canada should be prepared for the worst, whatever that means. Let's ask someone who might know. Matthew Fisher is, uh, of course, a former longtime, longtime foreign and war correspondent, now the resident visiting scholar in defense and international affairs at the University of Toronto's Massey College. Hello there. Hi, how are you doing? Well, you know, uh, just watching all of this unfold, and you've been doing this for an awful long time, um, what is the fallout as far, I mean, because it's not really getting all that much attention today, is the, the fallout on an international scale of what the Trudeau government has been caught with? Well, I can tell you it got the attention of newspapers like the Financial Times, yeah. which for me is maybe the best newspaper in the world, but certainly the best English-speaking business newspaper in the world, and uh, and they were quite concerned about it. The connection with SNC-Lavalin is not that direct or obvious, but it absolutely exists. And that is that uh, Canada, of course, has claimed repeatedly that the extradition process is subject to Canadian law. Canada is a country where the rule of law applies. Canada is a country where there is no political interference in any decisions that a court might make. And, of course, the SNC-Lavalin case at its heart is about pressure by politicians, alleged pressure Mm -hmm. by politicians on the former attorney general uh, to give a special deal, frankly, uh, to a Canadian company that has been convicted previously over and over again with corruption, not only in uh, Canada, uh, but overseas. And China brought this up. Uh, I took them actually a bit longer than I thought, Alan, mm-hmm. but they brought it up for the first time last week that Canada clearly doesn't follow the rule of law when it's convenient to them and the government wants to apply pressure. So why don't they apply pressure here and free the Chinese citizen? Uh, and then presumably the two Canadians that are being held would be released as well. Uh, The trade part, I've also been waiting for. It's taken a while to develop, but it is classic Chinese behavior when they've had problems with Japan, with South Korea, with the Philippines. Uh, They immediately hit them sometimes with the Japanese and Koreans. It's been about car imports and about tourists with the Philippines who became quickly quite dependent on Chinese tourism. It was just dropping the the number of Chinese tourists to zero in the space of about 24 hours. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have not chosen to do that yet with Canada, but that is a card that they can certainly 
play and have played in other places. But the tit for tat uh, on uh, the detention is clearly canola. Canola, um, which used to be called rapeseed oil in Canada, uh, is a very valuable product. Uh, A lot of farmers in Western Canada Mm -hmm. depend on it. China, of course, can get canola from other sources, particularly the United States, but not only the United States. So uh, we can expect more of this uh, coming. Uh, But what we have to remember, if we want to remain strong, is that we import a lot more from China than we export to China. So in a trade war with China, uh, we don't stand to lose actually that much money compared to what the Chinese might lose. And they export to us um, a lot of products. You know, we, you can't even believe how much stuff you buy. It could be a um, yeah, at the dollar higher, store. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, my, that kind of but the the more immediate. Let's go to the human face of this, and that's Michael Kovrick and and, and Michael Spaver, Spaver, who have been sitting, uh, you know, in custody. Said, you know, and apparently not being treated very very well, living in twenty four seven light, being interrogated. Um, I can only imagine what their families must be thinking, knowing that their uh, that their sons and and we should mention a third Canadian also uh, on death row right now. Um, they're now embroiled in a diplomatic disaster that was already Matthew a disaster before this whole thing with SNC blew up. But what happens now? What would they be going through now? And and is China willing to to sacrifice any one of these three men to to send a message? I don't think so, but I could be wrong. Certainly the fellow who's been convicted of drug offenses is in the most difficult position because literally he's been convicted of this and he has a death sentence uh, uh, pretty much hanging over him, not technically yet, but in fact, uh, that's the the next step. Uh, The others, well, it is not pleasant in countries such as China to be interrogated. Now, the West threw out a lot of the rules because of the way the United States interrogated people in Iraq and in Afghanistan and when they took them to Cuba. But what China does is light torture and uh, depriving people of the chance to see their families. Uh, The Canadian businessman who did a lot of business with North Korea has not seen any family members, and he has not yet, although he's been held for a couple of months, he doesn't have legal counsel. And of course, particularly in the West Coast press in Canada, in Vancouver, uh, people are mentioning the kind of dreamy circumstances in which uh, the Chinese national who was the chief financial officer of Huawei is being held because she's not being held at all. Uh, she has to be back in to bed every night or in her in her five million dollar house. In one of her 11, five million dollar houses, yeah. In one of her five million dollar houses by eleven o'clock at night. And of course, she lives very close to Richmond, which has yeah. hundreds of fantastic Chinese restaurants. She's totally free <laughs> yeah. to do what she wants while she awaits the outcome of her proceeding. Meanwhile, China is treating these Canadians absolutely abominably, because, of course, in Canada, we do not subject any prisoners to this kind of 24-hour light. And uh, we certainly, you can't go months in a Canadian prison without access to a lawyer. China plays extremely hard. And I don't think our government did a good job initially of explaining this to the Canadian people. I can't... Kind of like now, kind of like what we're seeing right now. (laughs) 
Yeah, they didn't say, well, this is only the beginning. It's very likely to get much worse, which is what they could have done. And uh, and they didn't. And yet they have people, their own diplomats and and others who know China very well, who uh, probably told them, but they didn't pass on the word. That's why Canadians have been so shocked by yeah. all of this. They can't believe how China does this and what would China do next sort of thing. And, and Alex, this is absolutely typical Chinese behavior. And I don't understand why Western governments, Harper's government also tried to do this, but the Trudeau government even more so, want to be friends with China. Why do we want to be friends with a country like that? Well, we say it's trade, that they have tremendous uh, financial resources and we can get some of that. Well, maybe we can if we play by their rules, not by our rules or the accepted international rules. But there are alternatives. We could trade more with Japan, mm-hmm. Korea, uh, ta- Taiwan, certainly, which is a democracy and uh, respects human rights and speaks the same language as they do in mainland China. They speak Mandarin. And then there's Vietnam and Thailand, uh, Indonesia, all of those countries, Malaysia, Singapore. There are other opportunities in Asia. It's not just the Chinese economy that is booming. I don't think we've really had much foresight. We tried to put all the eggs in one basket, and this gives China more leverage when they come back. We have not heard the end of this about the Lavalin case. After whatever Mr. Butts says tomorrow when he meets with the the Justice Committee up on Parliament Hill, whatever apology that the Prime Minister is apparently preparing, or they're not calling it an act of apology, an act of contrition Mm. uh, that he's going to come up with. Whatever they say, whatever the formation of the words are, Alex, the Chinese will be taking very close note of this. and uh, they will they will do something with it. It's it's too bad. And these fellows are caught up in this. But I say to any Canadians, because some Canadians are still doing business in China, why risk it? Yeah. Why have anything to do with China, particularly right now? But of course, it's money. The lure of the dog. There are fortunes to be made. Let, let me ask you this, and I only have about a minute left. I mean, what what can the government do at this point? The Trudeau government hasn't even, you know, we don't even have a diplomat uh, dealing with this, to my knowledge. What can they do in the short term? Because if, if she gets extradited, and that's going to take some time, or if all of a sudden we have to make a decision on Huawei and we maybe pull out, someone's going to get punished for that. The best outcome we can hope for is that Donald Trump, as part of a trade deal with mm-hmm. China, drops the extradition process. Then China will not forget Canada's behavior, but I think those uh, people who are held will be uh, released, and in the case of the fellow convicted, uh, he may serve quite a bit of jail time, but he will not hang for his drug offenses. That's the best scenario. The other scenario is the longer this goes on, we will see China uh, go after us on tourists. The other big area where there's great exposure particularly for universities like Waterloo and the University of Toronto, is the number of Chinese students. Mm -hmm. There are a staggering number of Chinese students from the mainland in Canada, and those folks, if they're ordered home by their government, unlike a lot of the Saudi students who are ordered home, most of them will go home, and that will cost an awful lot of money. Don't forget, foreign students pay more for the University of Toronto in terms of uh, tuition than Canadian students do. Now, not all of those people, of course, are Chinese, but a substantial number of them are. So that's what's in prospect. I think a lot more of this kind of, of 
pushing Canada around, and they sense we're very weak right now. The government is very weak because it's totally preoccupied with the prime minister trying to get out and under from under this SNC-Lavalin. It it comes at the worst time in terms of the China thing, but in a way they certainly are linked. Yeah, absolutely. Matthew, I've got to let you go on that note, and I thank you very much for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you, Alex. That is Matthew Fisher joining us. Hey, big big, uh, cost to this politicizing of this. On point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.